<clears throat> so go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, if you all remember, uh, we've been weeding the tulip garden. All right? And what we've been doing is we've taken the tulip from Calvinism, which I listened to that guy on the radio station this morning coming in. And I tell you what, he had, he had it, he had it really good. Uh, the fact that we are righteous because we're in Christ and all this stuff. And then he says, the way you get there is God chooses you. And then he lost everything. So, you know, it is, it is what it is. But that tulip information there, that's, that's a, it's a, it's a damaging doctrine uh, in, in more ways than one. And as we take a look at this, you know, as I've said, we've already dealt with Calvinism before. And so what I'm thinking about doing is combining that, that information with this one and make it just like one whole thing together. So we're going to go through, I'm going to have the, the, do, the stuff where we went through and dismissed it all. And so then we're weeding that out. So let's, let's, uh, then I'll, then I'll put these together as one, one whole unit, uh, that way they don't feel disjointed. I mean, they kind of will be because the other one was taught, what, four years ago? By the way, we're coming up on our three-year anniversary of being in this place. It's in November. Yeah. So that's coming up soon. That's, that's amazing. Anyway. November 5th. Yeah, and then in January, it'll be three years that Bruce has been here with us. So Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, so the tulip. Uh, and again, we've already dealt with the Calvinism stuff, so we're not going to spend some time on that. But uh, I do want to make sure that we, we remember what we're dealing with here. Does anybody remember what we said the T was in Total our tulip? Total forgiveness. What did we say that U was? Um, hang on. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. <laughs> Did you did you see somebody posted on Facebook? No. Were you no, cheating? Were you copying no. off somebody else? Uh, what did we say that the L was? Life in Christ Jesus. Life in Christ Jesus, and that one we did a two parter on, right? Just because we had to. What about the I? It's what we did last week. Bruce is still searching inner his man, notes. Indwelt by the Godhead. All right, inner or indwelt by the Godhead, right? So we talked about that one. Uh, and then P, you got Pray this one, Bruce. Ceasing. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There you go. Uh, so the P that we're going to talk about today is going to be pray without ceasing. Now, again, like I said, this isn't the grace tulip, all right? I don't want anybody to go around saying that this is the grace tulip. This is how we go against that because those are just five that I came up with. I mean, there's there's all kinds of other ones you could go 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 to and say, well, what about this one? What about this one? What about this? Uh but these are just five that I came up with, okay? Um, so today we're going to talk about pray without ceasing, which should make us think about, and if it doesn't, that's okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll get started. Now, the issue again, as you all are going there, the issue again is what? What is it that we're dealing with here? We're weeding the tulip garden. Right? We know that Calvinism is bad. We know that Arminianism is bad. And the, theolo the theological system out there says, well, you're either a Calvinist or you're an Arminianist. We've already dealt with that. It says we're neither one of those things. 
we're a dispensation, we're a Bible believer, right? And you can't be a Calvinist and be a Bible believer. You can't be an Arminianist and be a Bible believer. But what happens is, is when you get to understanding God's word rightly divided, then you're going to be a Bible believer. You can't, you can't believe this book in the theological systems. Because the theological systems are designed to go against what that book says. And so when we come here to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, by the way, this is, let's keep this in mind, this is the second book that Paul wrote, right? We, we'd gone through that before uh, Paul, and, Paul and Acts. We went through that, I think, nine messages or so. And we talked about when he wrote books based upon the scriptures, not really caring about the dates or anything, but... Uh, we could say, well, this is probably where he wrote it, and this is where he wrote it, and this is where he wrote it from, and things like that. So, it, to me, it's very interesting that this is the second book that he writes, and we find this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word, that you've preserved it throughout the years and ages that we could have it and handle it, and we can study it. And then we could take that information, once we, once we believe the words on the page, we can take that, store it up in our soul, and that we might be able to live that doctrine that you've uh, provided for us, uh, that, would, that we would just allow your word to work in and through us to perform um, what you've designed it to perform. We thank you for this day, we thank you for your word, and we thank you most of all for Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Now, I want you to think about something real quick. If, if Paul says here to what? Pray without ceasing. Yeah, I want you to think about that real quick. If, 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 if something ceases, what's that mean? Stops. Stops, right? So if he says pray without ceasing or pray without stopping and i'm not saying let's change it because it is ceasing that's what it should be but he says pray without ceasing what does that mean that means don't stop praying so question how can you do that how is it possible for you to be able to pray without ceasing pray without stopping now what i want you to to look down to is notice in verse 23 drop down to verse 23 <clears throat> verse 23 says and the very god of peace sanctify you wholly and i pray god your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our lord jesus christ Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all with a greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. Uh, and he goes on down through there. Now notice, what's he say? And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That means completely. That what? Your what? Spirit, soul, and body be what? Be preserved blameless. Now, think about this real quick. <clears throat> if, if you want to preserve something, <clears throat> I 
does it mean that it already is that thing that you're trying to preserve it as? If you want to, if you're if you're trying to preserve something, are you trying to preserve it as what it is, or are you trying to preserve it for something that it will become? What it is. What it is. All right. So think about this. If he says that what, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. All right. And that's completely the whole thing that involves you, he says he wants to sanctify, and he says what? And I pray, God, your whole, what? Spirit, soul, and body be what? Preserved, blameless, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the fact that we are blameless is because we're in Christ. The fact that we're indwelt by the Godhead, right? That we talked about the last time. The fact that we're in Christ is something that we get that God already says, you're blameless. You are without blame. And he's wanting, he says, and I, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. He wants you to keep you that way. Now, what I want you to do is back up real quick. Notice in verse 15. We see something that's going on here that goes along with verse 23 there. Notice in verse 15, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. All right? So when you think about that, he says, Follow that which is good, both among yourselves, which would be the local assembly, and to who? Those people that you come across that you like. Is that what he says? No, he nope. says, And to all men. Now, the thing is, that's a function of the body. You look at verse 16, he says, Rejoice evermore. How is it that you're to rejoice evermore? Well, that's a, that's a function of your spirit. And then he says here, Pray without ceasing. That's a function of your soul. How is it that you can pray without ceasing? Think of this this way. Prayer isn't going off into a corner... Or going into a closet. I've heard people say this before. They lock themselves in a closet in a dark, in a dark quiet room. And they just hostile Lashonda all the, all the time for about three hours, four hours. And they say, I finally broke through heaven and got an answer from God. I'm going to pray that, 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 that God come down and intervene in some situation or whatever it may be. And they'll say, all you got to do is just break through. Once you break through, then God's going to listen to you. Let me ask you a question. We already have access to something that you don't have to break through to get to. You've got the, the Godhead dwelling within you. You've already got access to Him. You don't have to break through anything... And the issue with prayer that I think a lot of people just kind of, when we've said this before, one of the, the, the very first thing that you start struggling with when you get into right division is prayer. And what some people do is they'll come along and say, we all just don't believe in prayer. We believe in prayer, I guarantee you, more than you do. Because we know and understand a little bit more about prayer. We just don't pray like the heathen do. We don't pray like the religious folks do. We don't stand up and 
make people look at us and watch us pray for hours on end. When you, when you think about prayer, what is prayer? Talking to God. It's just talking to God. Well, how is it that you can pray without ceasing? Now, there's a couple things that we see here, hopefully, that we can take some information uh, some, from things that we already know and see how this works, all right? When, when we see ourselves the way that God sees us and understand that we have, or all that we have, and that all that we are in Christ, we have a reason to rejoice evermore, right? That's what he's saying there. Based upon some information that we have, we know that because everything that God's given us, and we'll talk about this in the next section. Let's just mention this real quick because this is everything. Grace. Do we really truly know and understand what grace is? Grace isn't just unmerited favor. That's a really good definition. Grace is all that God is able to do for you and has done for you in His Son. And it's because we know something about that that we can rejoice evermore. Verse 16. Then what we can do is we take and we, we have our life should be lived under an intelligent understanding of God's Word to us so that we actually live it out in our daily lives as so as to pray without ceasing. And it's not just some standing off in a corner and, 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 and trying to break through and do all this stuff. It's just communicating with your Father. And that's all it is. And, and it comes from knowing and understanding God's Word. And from that point is from where we're supposed to pray. We don't pray ignorantly. We shouldn't. Right? Now that, that brings up a problem, right? Go over to Romans chapter 8. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of us do. And that's what and and that's why we struggle when we first come to understand right division is because we find out I don't have to pray for things like I used to pray for. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and say that you can't pray to God for healing. Pray for it. That's fine. If that's what you want to do. Just don't expect him to do something about it because that's not what he's doing today. Right? You could stand up and say, well, I want to pray for my family's salvation. You can do that. But don't expect him to override their will and cause them to become saved. Don't, I mean, you can pray that, that, that a job situation or a life situation would work out better. But don't expect God to override somebody else's will and cause them to do things in your favor. And so when we start talking about what grace is, a lot of people say, well, it's unmerited favor. Well, how do you get that? Well, you just got to believe God. You got to pray through and all that other stuff they come up with. But prayer is, prayer is something completely different. It's just talking to God about all the problems that you have. And as you do that, what happens is, since it's a function of your soul, what happens is, is what do you have stored up in your soul? You better have doctrine. Right? We talked about this before. And, and we, you know, we've gone through this. Remember, Romans 9 or Romans 6. No. 
reckon, yield, right? Did I do that right? Is it Y-E-I or Y-I-E? I before E except after C. And sometimes Y. That looks, that looks right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but there's, there's the thing, right? Know, reckon, and yield. Do we know the information? Yes. Do you count it to be true for yourself? That's where you, that's where you come in, right? <clears throat> when... When Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 14 that he wants to be able to speak five words with his understanding, it's based off of this. He reckons it to be true for himself. That's his understanding. And he's going to, by his voice, teach others also so that they can know some things so that they can reckon it to their own life and then go yield. All right? But there's a problem. Romans chapter 8. Verse 26. But I want you to take comfort in how he starts this off. <clears throat> Notice he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Do you know what one of the infirmities that we have today is? Is not knowing how we should pray. Notice, though, he says, as we ought. Should we know how to pray? Absolutely. Prayer isn't some formula where we say, Dear Heavenly Father, and then we end it in Jesus' name. There, there's, there's not a formula to it. And in between there is all the stuff that life brings. But instead, prayer is just talking to the Father about anything, at any time, and there's no formula to it. And it's just, it's a, like I said, it's a function of your soul, and it's based upon knowing something. But notice here, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, a lot of people come along and they'll say, See, what's that? That's the Spirit's speaking in unknown tongues and all that stuff. And that's not what he's talking about. Have you ever have you ever not known how to pray about something? Yeah. And you're just like, you, you know, I God, I I don't I, I don't know. That's what he's talking about there. Yeah. The Holy Spirit knows what you need. And the Holy Spirit knows the Father's will. And the Holy Spirit will, what? Make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You know, the best part about prayer is you're going to mess it up and that's okay because the Spirit's going to take care of it. Why? Because the Spirit knows the mind of God and he knows the will of God. And he's going to make intercession on your behalf. To me, that's an amazing thing. And you go down. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's really kind of interesting. Drop down to uh, verse 34 real quick. 
Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You know who else is making intercession for us? Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God the Father. He's also making intercession for us. So do you know what we need to do? Pray without ceasing. How? However you want to. Just talk. Just talk to the Father. That's all it is. It's not something, it's not, I can't give you some magical potion or some formula to, to, to follow. And it's not, um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us those who trespass us as we forgive those that trespass against. It's not that stuff, right? In fact, it's very interesting when Jesus Christ is teaching them to pray there, he tells them, don't stand like they do, like the heathen do, and, and, and try to make everybody look at them as, as well, that guy's spiritual, because look how long he prayed. You know one thing I've learned over the past few years? The people that pray the least pray the longest in public. I've noticed that. So what you can do, and it's an important thing for a local assembly, for people to pray, because that gives you an idea of, A, what do they know? B, how often do they spend in their prayer life? And here's what it comes down to. And this will be, this will be a good application for the next session. <clears throat> If we're going through troubles and trials and strife and troubles in life, if you don't pray, you're trying to do it of yourself. Of yourself. So that's what it comes. To. Well, I've got this problem. What am I going to do about it? Well, I don't know. But I'm going to try and go figure things out. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to get this done. Stop. Quit trying to be your own Savior, even in your troubles, and just pray to the Father. That's what prayer is. Prayer, like I said, it's not some formula. It's not some thing that you get that you, you have to do. It's this, this, it's this. The only way that you can pray without ceasing is what? It's a mental issue. It's a, it's a mind issue. It's the thinking process that we have is we get to talk to the creator of heaven and earth who dwells within us and we're in him and we get to have that relationship with him. You have him. You have access to him. You have access to his power. Which one did we find out? What's his power? Where the word of the king is, there is power, right? Ecclesiastes 8.4 is one of our verses that we talked about the last couple weeks or so. How is it that you have access to him is this book. So take advantage of it. Um, let's go take a look at a couple things real quick. Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> what I would like to do sometime, and this is, um, this is something that, that's come about not not this particular study here, but um, this I've got a I've got an idea for a study that I've started to work on uh, is 
the the prayer life of Paul, how he matured in his prayer life as he matured in the doctrine. And so that's one of the things that I'm I'm looking at and it's not it's not really you find that out not by looking at his big prayers, one of them that we're going to look at here, but some of the smaller ones too. So I'm just looking at all of his prayers and I'm going to see, you know, is there a change in how he prayed over time? Um, because we see those things, hopefully. So let's take a look at something real quick because this is this is one of his this is one of Paul's big prayers, and everybody says, Well, if you want to know how to pray today, go to Paul. Find out because why? Paul's our pattern, right? He says, Follow me as I follow Christ. He says, If you want to follow me, the way I followed Christ is here's how you're gonna do it. But notice what he's was he what he do what he does for the folks in Colossae here. Verse nine. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Do you know what Paul's doing? He's praying without ceasing. He says, when we first heard it, from the day that we first heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and desire that you may, might be filled with the... Notice, <clears throat> does Paul say that I'm going to pray that you all are delivered from some problem? No. Does he say, I'm going to pray that, that God's going to intervene in your life in some way? No. How is it that he's going to do this? And this is the best part as we take a look at this, we take a look at these things. He says, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled. Now this idea of filled here is talking about the idea of being gripped with and controlled by what God is doing. What's God doing today? He's forming the church, the body of Christ. His will is what? All men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What are we supposed to be doing? Those two things. If we do anything outside of those two things, we're doing it in our own, our own power and our own, our, our own pleasure and for our own being and for our own stuff. And we're not filled and gripped and controlled by what God's doing today. Now, that's a tough place for us to be, and it's a tough place to stop and say, that's who I am right now. That's what I'm doing. One of the hardest things, and I've said this to a couple of people, you know, you go over to Romans chapter 14, you got the weaker brother, stronger brother principle. You know, it's hard to, to acknowledge the fact that you're the weaker brother sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a little bit of humility to do that. But notice what he says. This is his prayer and desire that you might be filled, that you're gripped with, controlled by what God's doing with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that here's the purpose. I want you to know some stuff. I want you to understand some stuff and I want you to be able to use some stuff. So here's here again. What do we have? Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. And. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Knowing something means absolutely nothing if we don't understand it. Knowing something means absolutely nothing if we don't reckon it. 
Understanding something doesn't mean anything if we don't, by wisdom, use it at the right time. Because that's what wisdom is. Wisdom, here's the thing. Knowledge is a prerequisite to understanding. Understanding is a prerequisite to wisdom. All right, so we're the folks here we've all gone to college so we know what a prerequisite is right you have to have it first folks on online you probably know what it is too that's something you have to have first in order to get the wisdom to know how to use it you've got to first understand it but then before that you have to know it you have to know it reckon and yield that's what he's talking about here why verse 10 that ye might walk worthy of the lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you know what he's saying? I want you to learn some stuff. Reckon it to be true for yourself by understanding it. Go and yield by wisdom, using that knowledge and that understanding at the right time so that you can what? Gain more wisdom or knowledge. Isn't that what he's talking about? Increasing in the knowledge of God? One of, th- one of the scariest things that I, that I ever had a conversation with my dad was he said, Greg, I just can't understand the book of Daniel. Okay, okay, there's two reasons why. One, part of it you're not going to understand. The second part is because you're not reading the Bible the right way. You're never going to understand it. But here's the problem. My dad reached to a point where he could no longer learn new things because he wasn't using the stuff that he had. So a lot of times in grace circles, people are always trying to find some new thing. And they're not even using what they already know. Mm -hmm. And then you wonder why you're not learning stuff. Because we're not using what we believe that we already know. And we're going to be stuck. And And that's why I say when we go through Romans... Some of us might still be stuck in Romans chapter 3. Thinking, well, I'm just a poor sinner saved by grace. And I'm not really the made the righteousness of God. I just can't believe that. Well, that's why you can't move on to Romans chapter 4. That's why you you really struggle with Romans chapter 12 where he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service, because you're still stuck in Romans 4. Now, I don't say that to say put people down or anything. But I want you to realize sometimes we got to figure out where we are in life. And the problem that we might have is we're not praying. Much less without ceasing. Think about this. In order to pray without ceasing, what do you first need to do? Start praying. And you, you take a look at that. You take a look at... And there's a bunch of different verses we could go through. We could go down through here. Notice verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all what? Patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Here's the real issue. Giving thanks unto the Father. Do you know what, you know what one of the things that Paul prays for the folks in Colossae to do? Is to give thanks. You know, this time of year, what happens is Halloween, big parties, let's decorate the house, 
let's give candy out, let's dress up little kids, let's go do this stuff. If you want to do that, that's fine. That's not my point. Then we go, oh man, Christmas, let's go decorate for Christmas, let's buy each other gifts and buy each other candy at Halloween, let's buy each other gifts at Christmas, let's do this, do this, do this. All the while, we forgot about the most important thing, which is the thing in between those, which is Thanksgiving. Amen. And so the issue there is, is he says, one of the things that he's praying for the folks at Colossae is what? Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So I want you to think about what that means, what that means to be meat. He's made you worthy to be a part of what he's doing. Have you ever thought about that? He's made you worthy to be a part of what he's doing. To go up and fulfill the knowledge of his will. by accessing the information that he's given you in that book. And if we don't know it, how in the world can we reckon it or yield to it? We've said it before. You can't teach what you don't know. You can't live what you don't know. I would even go as far as say, you can't believe what you don't know, which is why you go to a lot of churches today and they have no idea who they are in Christ. And that's why they're still out here saying, well, I just wish God would forgive me. He already has if you're saved and move on. Yeah. Amen. Don't pray for that. Pray for the fact and thank Him for already forgiving you of those things. And just move on and quit right. worrying about those things. Understand that we have peace with God. Understand that we're made the righteousness of God in Him. Understand who we are, and the way that we do that is we go to our Father in prayer and say, God, thank you for what you did through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praying isn't always asking. Praying isn't always asking. Um, It's one of those things. um, I'm trying to think what all verses I, I want to get to and which ones I can't, but um, there was there was one I was wanting to make sure that we got to that I didn't write down. And I don't want to take up here it is. Go to Philippians chapter 4. And we're a little longer on this first session, but that's okay. And there's a whole bunch of other things that I want to get get into on on this, but um, I'll leave it up for you all to study out. And then, like I said, we'll talk about the the maturing factor of Paul's prayers as we go on. Um, Notice uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, start off in verse 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. You know what that means? In every way. way. You know, when Paul says, never mind. 
I won't get into that. But here's the thing. He says what? Rejoice in the Lord always, in every possible way. In every way that, you, that, that comes across, rejoice in the Lord. How do you do that? We'll take a look at the verse in the next section or the next session and take a look at that. And he says, and again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. That moderation there just means self-control. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now, prayer is just talking to God. Supplication is talking to God intensely based upon needs. And he says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The requests are those specific details in life. And all of them will go together and say, here's what you do. Pray without ceasing. There's, in, in Ephesians, when Paul's going through the, the armor, At the very end, after he goes to the armor, in, uh, in Ephesians 6.18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Some people argue whether or not prayer is part of the armor. Whether it's a piece of the armor or not. Um, Frank Ledoux brought this up to me one time in the past six, seven months ago or so. And, you know, I never really thought of it that way. But I can see that. Yeah. He says, put all these things on. And he tells us all these things to put on. And then he ends up, says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Mm -hmm. Again, how often should we pray? He says, praying always. With all prayer and supplication. We've gone over a little bit on time today, but that's okay. Here's what I want you to think about. <clears throat> prayer is the connection that you have with the Father. His Word is how He communicates with you. Your prayer is how you communicate with Him. Don't let it be a one-way conversation. Right? When we take a look, when we take a look at our life, we should be able to look and say, Am I trying to do this in my own strength? Because we're going to find out in the next session that it's not a good place to be. But if we do it in his strength, that's a great place to be. Yeah. And we'll find out what that is. So, um, when we take a look at these things, that whole armor of God, he says, put it on. Prayer is one of those things that we need to get in touch with God with and take advantage of. He gives us the opportunity to talk to him. Um, and again, just, just talk to him out of your heart. And it's not even a verbal thing. You get to think about Man, what am I going through on this? Just think about it. Can you can you can you drive down the road, close your eyes and do this as you're driving down the road praying with God? No.
while you're asleep at night, are you able to verbalize prayer to God as you're, as you're trying to fall asleep? Just thinking. Thinking about the verses. Thinking about life and applying the verses that you do know to the life that you do have. That's all it is. All right. Um, we're we're going to stop there. There's some other stuff that we can get into, but we'll we'll talk about prayer a little bit later on again. Um, but we'll take about...